long time no see <laughs> i did see you yesterday but the we, last time we podcast was several months ago oh yeah many many moons and why is that partly partly because we went on holiday we we've been on several holidays and we just get busy and then we're like oh yeah we'll do that tomorrow and then we don't do that tomorrow which i'm like oh i need to get my hair cut uh, yeah <laughs> it's okay we'll just podcast tomorrow oh no i need to go to the dentist oh it's okay we'll just podcast tomorrow it is important to us we just haven't done it so we've been given a bit of a kick up the arse because we, we managed to somehow appear on someone else's podcast before our own podcast. So we were like, mm, we should do something, shouldn't we? Yeah. We got back into the flow. We kind of like remembered how much we enjoyed it. So it's true. Here we are. Yeah. So where have you gone on holiday? We'll talk about the holiday stuff first. I went to Istanbul and I went to Gran Canaria and I took my XT30 with me. Well, the prototype of the XT30. And then I went to Japan and did some talks in Japan then ate some ramen and ate some sushi and watched some sumo and that was me how about you all right well since our last podcast i went to croatia and bosnia that was really fun and then i went to the u.s and canada and then i went to the grand canary with you which was lovely what where were you is it grand canary or grand canaria what did i say did i say it wrong you said grand canaria i thought it was grand canaria right yeah i think that might actually be correct i guess yeah because it's canary islands but it's grand canaria okay (laughs) <laughs> and that was a lovely trip that was really fun you went somewhere and you weren't sure where it was <laughs> <laughs> i knew absolutely nothing about it in advance of the trip i knew it was an island and i knew it was it was instagrammable <laughs> yeah so we're back and we were kind of thinking like what could we talk about and we were chatting to some of our friends the other day over a game of dutch blitz mm-hmm. and uh so we had a lot of questions that day about financial elements because one of our friends is thinking about going limited and we were like, oh, yeah, actually, you know, like we, we have a lot to say about this. Things that we take for granted is something that we do daily. So why don't we have a little podcast about about money? Oh, God. <laughs> it's a hard thing to podcast about because it's one of those things where I have trained in accounting, but I am not a British tax accountant. So like, mm. I almost feel like every time I say something, I have to say, like, I am not your accountant, nor am I trained in British tax. It's like when you talk about it with friends, you're like, well, but I don't know your financial situation, nor am I your accountant, but I do have a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> and for me, I'm not trained in anything, but I like money and I have it. So yeah. I think that gives me a hundred, that's a hundred percent qualified, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about this. <laughs> it's important to talk about money with your friends. Like, yeah. Cause it's like some people just don't talk about it at all, but. Well, especially British people, we hate talking about money. So you know, this is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of listeners. <laughs> but yeah, we, you're right that we, we should we should definitely stress the fact that whatever we say on this podcast, don't sue us. We're not liable. Even if we recommend that you go out and, and gamble everything on, on red in Vegas. Right. You can do that, but you can't sue us for doing it. Yeah. We can make recommendations, but please research it before you do it. Yeah. So now that you know that you're about to spend your time listening to something that may not be factually correct, let's, let's start. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of like start off with talking about like my history with accounting, oh, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure is the most exciting subject matter ever. <laughs> so I was the first person in my family to go to university. And for me, like that was a big thing. So I, I wanted to get like this bricklayer responsible degree because I was like, you know, worst case scenario, 
what if I'm like in a wheelchair and I have to take care of children? Like what job can I do? Which in hindsight is like way too practical for an 18 year old to think about. <laughs> Nerd. I should have been like, oh, the world is full of rainbows and it's it's going to be perfect. <laughs> so I got a business degree. And then as I was starting in the, the business program, I realized that I felt like accounting was the most practical and most straightforward because it felt like there was a clear right and wrong answer. It wasn't like touchy feely. I felt like I could study it and pass it and know what the answer was versus like sometimes with marketing, it might be a little bit more like, oh, but that's not exactly the right answer. So we failed you. So I went and got an accounting degree and I realized about my junior year, I I did not like it. I was miserable. I just just wasn't really that interested in the classes, but I was so stubborn and such a cheapskate. I did not want to redo any of my classwork. (laughs) So I stuck to it. And I got an accounting degree and was miserable the entire time. And then as I graduated university, it was the 2008 financial crisis, like literally the same time. And nobody was hiring, which is stressful. So I ended up doing auditing because that was the job that I could get. Auditing is basically checking over everybody else's accounting work and making sure it's accurate. So you're actually trying to find errors. It's actually like my brain is bigger for it, but it's a difficult job. Um, So I worked as an auditor for two years, auditing government financial statements. And that was the last, well, not the last time I worked in accounting. I had a normal office job for a year after that before I went full-time with photography. But I have to say, having an accounting job made me want to be a photographer because I realized I couldn't spend the rest of my life doing that. And like, had I had a normal kind of cushy job, I might not have been pushed as much Mm. to pursue something I love. So I have about let's say three and a half years of actual like experience doing this, but I am not trained in British tax accounting. So kind of like, you know, like some solicitors, they specialize in certain things, you know, photographers specialize in certain things. I have no training in being an accountant for self-employed people in the UK. So I understand like the basics of accounting, but I don't understand like UK tax law. Hmm. So that's why I actually have an accountant myself, even though I have a degree in it, I still have an accountant. We can kind of talk about like some of the basics about it and like maybe explain some words as well. Oh, what do you mean by words? Words. Well, there's words such as like cash basis versus accrual basis. Like oh. you, when you're setting up your accounts, you might be, you might come across some of those words. So I can explain those. Oh. Um, and I can kind of explain some of the other like aspects of it. Okay. Because I, I was going to say, I don't even know those words myself. So I am technically registered um, as self-employed, like a sole trader. Mm-hmm. And that is mostly because I have dual citizenship between the U.S. and the U.K. Mm. And that complicates things. So if you're like have citizenship with other countries, it's worth looking into how that applies. So basically, Mm. if I own a company abroad, it affects my U.S. taxes. So that's one of the big reasons why I'm still a sole trader, Mm. which is, you know, super fun. (laughs) There's some things like some bank accounts I can't have. Like I can't have an ISA because I have a U.S. passport. Oh, so it's one of those things that like, if you do have citizenship with other countries, it's kind of, it's worth making a note of. And if you do get an accountant, tell the accountant about your citizenship with other countries. Yeah. Cause it might change. It might change. And also like it affects the accountant that I use. So I use an accountant that specializes in us and UK taxes. So it took me a while to find somebody who actually knew both of those tax systems. Mm. And in most countries is not much of an issue, but every now and again, you run across a country that is a, not a fan of 
it's citizens living abroad. <laughs> um, so what are you then? I am a limited company. I'm a non-fancy single citizen okay. <laughs> of, of, of the British Isles. And I, I have an accountant as well because I think, and, and this is something that people, you know, that we were talking about with our friends about, you know, should you be self-employed should you, or sole trader should, or should you go limited? I think there's a few restrictions that you have when you go limited. So, for example, legally you do need to have a separate business account with mm-hmm. the bank and I think by and large it's worth having an accountant because the way not really to do with bookkeeping across the year but the way they submit the accounts at the end of the year just become a bit more complicated mm-hmm. so as soon as I went limited I, I got an accountant and, and my accountant actually, actually set up and registered my limited company for me mm-hmm. so that in itself is a process and, and depending on the accountant some of them will charge you something separately for that and then give you a sort of monthly retainer or some of them will just take a lump sum or whatever I'm not sure how it varies but mm-hmm. uh, just be aware that you know there's a registration process that you have to do you have to set yourself up with company's house yeah and usually I found like when people have kind of debate about whether or not it's going limited it used to come down to whether or not you'd be able to save tax based on the amount that you were earning if you were kind of earning a higher amount then you could save money because I think dividends tax is a little bit different Mm-hmm. But that has now changed as of which year? Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, it was recent. It was, yeah, last couple of years. So we're now going to the stage where I'm not actually sure is there an advantage to being limited. Mm-hmm. But if you own property, like you have a mortgage, it, I think it will protect your, your personal property. Correct. So if something happens to your business, then you can't be sued beyond the value of what you, your business owns. Yeah. Whereas if you are self-employed or sole trader, I think your house can kind of go up as... As collateral. As collateral, that's it, yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's worth, so if you are decide to be self-employed, business insurance, having insurance, and that kind of liability insurance is really important. And I think like a lot of times people are like, well, I just don't have the money. And I was like, if you can't afford the insurance, then you can't afford to do business. That's just, it's like, that's 101. Like you have to be able to like cover yourself just in case something happens. Mm. Um, so even if you're shooting one wedding a year, you have to have insurance. Cause like knowing that I'm self-employed and I can't go as an, an LLC, it's like makes the insurance even more important. Cause I've heard some horror stories. Horror stories? Whether or not they're true, I don't know. But like, you know, just there's that story on the internet about a guy who he was even like, he had gotten divorced and he still was suing his wedding photographer to redo the wedding. Oh, because he wasn't happy with the photos. Like the marriage had already failed, but he was still suing the wedding photographer for the value of the wedding to redo the photos. And that, and that one I know is not a story. And like, I know that was a, that it actually happened because I read a few articles about it. Mm. Sometimes you can't predict crazy in advance. Sometimes crazy happens after, well after the wedding. Um, <laughs> and it's well worth having insurance. Mm. So if you're doing a sole trader, and even if you're an LLC, but it, you have to have insurance to back yourself up. Um, just in case something happens, but it's worth having that like extra protection of being an LLC if you have things to protect. Yeah. Um, and also like, there's another thing as well. Like, um, apparently if you ever want to like apply for a business loan, being an LLC is actually better than being a sole trader. Okay. So you maybe need that for like kit if you needed to buy big, like outlay, like I know some friends bought like photo booth setups and stuff like that. That's quite a big outlay at the beginning. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe you want to set up your own album manufacturing company. So you buy a printer, you decide that you want to sell to photographers. Ooh. That's worth being an LLC. Um, okay. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to think of what other things photographers would need to raise funds for. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Deliveroo? Deliveroo. Deliveroo. So that's 
wow. I mean, this this conversation is already like super exciting. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, my is, god! Yeah. I mean, okay, so we've addressed like how you know the, the fact that you need an accountant, right? And um, I don't know about your accountant, but mine doesn't do my bookkeeping for me. He just does no. my end of year stuff. Mine does the same. Yeah, I do my own bookkeeping. So I, I know sometimes you can pay a bit more to have the accountant do the bookkeeping for you, but a lot of them maybe will save you money by saying that you can do it yourself. Right. And so maybe if we explain like, you know, how we bookkeep and the sort of options that are out there that make it easier. Right. Um, and the amount of effort it takes for you to bookkeep and the amount of time it takes for you to communicate to the accountant to do the bookkeeping for you, you might as well do your own bookkeeping. Okay. Because our businesses tend not to be so complicated that we can't do it ourselves as far as the bookkeeping goes. Um, so you you might think like, oh, I might save all this time if the accountant does it for me. But you already know what those expenses are because you're the ones that did it. So like it's a little bit you – might, you might as well just do your own bookkeeping. Um, so what do you do for your bookkeeping then? So originally when I first started my accountant, he gave me like this Excel spreadsheet template. And essentially it's just me having like um, a sheet where it's like – incomings outgoings and then bank reconciliation Mm -hmm. where basically you're just checking the amounts kind of match up with your bank statements but that was kind of long it would take me ages I was meant to do it every month and I wouldn't I'd always I would always push it back Mm -hmm. and and one thing I will actually add here is that if you are close to the back threshold definitely worth doing your accounting your like your bookkeeping regularly because um you with when it comes to the back threshold it's a kind of 12 month rolling situation Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know, like, what was it? January, December. Wait, no. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? And then, and then like fe- February to January. Yeah. At then. any point in the 12 months, if you go over the threshold. So it's not just the tax year. It's just like, it could yeah. be July to July. It could be any like rolling period of 12 months. If you pass that, that threshold, then it now applies to you. Yeah. So you can magically go over the VAT threshold and not have been aware of it. Had you not been keeping track of it. Yeah. So, so you need to make sure that your bookkeeping is kind of regular if you're if you're near there. Um, but yeah, so I I more recently I discovered Wave, which I think the website is like waveapps.com, mm-hmm. and that one is a free, very simple bookkeeping software where you sync it up with your bank account the first time. Which I remember for Barclays was a little bit of a ball ache, like it wasn't that smooth. But once I got it done, it's absolutely fine. And then when you're on the site in Wave and you you just press sync, it will update a list of your transactions basically. And take it from your directly from your bank, right? And then you will categorize the stuff yourself, and it will kind of learn quite quickly, like a lot of the regular things. So it will, you know, always know that TFL is travel or whatever and things right. like that. Um, it will kind of recognize some restaurants as being entertainment or subsistence, and sometimes you'll need to change that. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have to kind of like assign my own kind of what's a booking fee and what's a deposit payment, right. what's a second shooting job. Yeah. But it definitely saves me a lot of time because my old my old Excel version was just me typing it out and like line by line and it was a nightmare. So yeah. that already sped a lot sped a lot up for me. And then my accountant's just gonna take the outputs at the end of the year. And I think they have an option to kind of export all transactions, export a summary, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that auto importing the bank account. That was for me was one of the main reasons I didn't use like um like a database studio system because I was just like I want my accounting system to be something that can auto import. Mm. So I use QuickBooks online which behaves very similarly, but I would say like one of the biggest things you can do from day 1 of like your photography business is setting up that separate bank account. And then anything that is work-related 
goes through that bank account. Yeah. Even if it's a pound, you use your debit card and that goes through the bank account. Yeah. And then when you have your, your bank statements, those bank statements are then a kind of a third party verification that these transactions happened. So the bank statements match the receipts, match, match your bank account, match your accounting. And so when I did auditing, we always use the bank statements for everything. Um, cause the bank statements are that third party verification. These transactions exist and that they happened. So that's kind of like one of the easiest things you can do business bank account, or just a separate, like, especially if you have an LLC business bank account and those transactions then match up to your bookkeeping. Mm. So, um, yeah, any, anything that's business related for me, like my business credit card is like, that's the thing that goes down. Mm. So like if you use a particular bank, making sure that that bank syncs up to your bookkeeping system is one of the best things ever Mm. because you don't have to sit there and be like, oh, I forgot about the 70P transaction that already goes through because that's already in there. And if it's a recurring transaction, for example, like Dropbox for me, it's a recurring transaction that I use for work. Every month that Dropbox expense then goes to the same place. QuickBooks auto knows that this is a, this is like a software expense and then uh, classifies that as a software expense. So I don't have to like sit there and keep track of every single time it happens. It's much as your account, like your bookkeeping can be automatic. It should be automatic. So yeah, so I use QuickBooks online and I think it it behaves really, really similar. It's not free. Um, I think the self-employed version is like three pounds or five pounds. But like for me, I like having a little bit more powerful accounting system because I actually know how to do some of the more um, elaborate stuff. Mm. So things like journal entries are important to me. What's that? It's like a manual transaction that like I have to kind of go in and enter. So, so for example, um, I take credit cards and the credit card transaction when it comes through my account doesn't match exactly what the invoice is. So because the credit card company then is taking a percentage of it and then giving me the remaining balance. So then I go through and do a journal entry that adjusts my credit card transaction fee and then the, uh, the invoice and then my revenue as well. So to, so basically all evens out and I can then account for the expense of the credit card, if that makes sense. Mm. So that's what a journal entry is. Like you have to go through and like say like, okay, I need to adjust something because it didn't exactly work the same. Um, so things like that, because I actually know a little bit more about accounting are important to me. So that's why I use uh, QuickBooks. Just, yeah, it's one of those things that way I can then issue the, the receipt to the client showing the correct amount, even though my, let's say, I think the credit cards fee like 3% or something like that. So like on a hundred pound transaction, I might've gotten 97 pounds. Um, but then that three pounds is still an expense on my end. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's got a few other features as well. Wasn't someone yesterday talking about mileage? It does, yeah. So like uh, QuickBooks has an app that whenever you um, drive, at the end of the day, it says like, hey, was this trip a business trip? And then it auto tracks your mileage and then gives you that thing and adds it to your... Um... I haven't used it yet, actually. It's on my to-do list. I should do it at the beginning of the tax year. I was going to say, it's always easier to start a new system if you are going to change into something to start it at the beginning of the tax year. Like your accountant will kind of not look favorably upon you trying to do things differently halfway through it, it, it won't really work yeah so if you're going to start doing accounting doing it day one of the tax year mm. makes just life a lot easier um so yeah i should yeah i should make a note i'll start i'll start doing <laughs> that day one of the tax year <laughs> <laughs> you've learned something already <laughs> I, I you know what it's just it's been on my to-do list and i just I, i've been doing my my um mileage manually and that's just a ball ache every year so 
I might as well do it. I do mileage manually because Wave doesn't have that, you know, like being free, it's kind of a bit more limited, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have like an Excel spreadsheet and I'm and I'm doing my mileage at like 40 feet, 45p per mile, mm-hmm. um, which is like the kind of government standard recommended thing. Yeah. But actually, I, I don't find it that bad because I think I don't drive to every single wedding. Like I take the, the, the tube so much. You might be surprised how much you how much you get back for the mileage. So we were, I was mentioning this to a friend um, yesterday, kind of the one, the reason why you get that 45p per mile is it accounts for your petrol costs and it accounts for the wear and tear of your car. Because it doesn't actually cost, like petrol wise, it doesn't cost you 45p to drive it. Um, but you are using your car and there's like wear and tear to it. So it's kind of taking that into account. And yeah. you may, like, let's say like you're taking albums to the post office. It might only be like a mile, but it's still mileage that is a business expense and it adds up. Yeah. So um, if if there's a way that you can do it automatically um, and it makes it really streamlined, like that makes your life so much easier. And like I really wish I had streamlined it from day one instead of just being like, oh, like initially when I first started, like it kind of started really slow. So business expenses were coming out of my personal account and stuff like that. Mm. I should have just said like day one, I'm going to be successful and this is going to be my job. I'm setting up a business account. And I'm going to do it right from day one because it just, it'll, I wish I did that in hindsight because I, it did take me several days to kind of go back through and actually fix it and make it right. Mm. So yeah, so day one, streamline it. That's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Most people aren't that, <laughs> most people are not that organized. <laughs> are there any other bits about QuickBooks that we should know about? Basically it does the same thing where it auto syncs my business bank account to QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really great as far as saying like, Hey, you have an outstanding invoice for exactly this amount. This transaction matches it. Is this the matching invoice? It makes it a lot easier to keep track of what your clients owe you and kind of to get like a forecast. It also does reports that are, are really helpful. For example, if you want to track your VAT, um, you can have it auto generate a revenue report for you every month and then email you that revenue report. So then you're kind of getting a revenue report every month saying like, Hey, just so you know, this is what you've done for the last 12 months. So oh. you can kind of like mentally keep track of where you are on that, that threshold. Oh, okay. Um, so for me, like being able to use the reports and be able to run like certain dates for those reports, it's really good to know how much you're spending. So sometimes you don't realize how much you've spent mm. mentally. Um, and you might actually be better off than you have, or you might say like, you know, I've actually spent a lot on advertising this year. How much have I spent? And it takes two minutes to just run the report and know exactly how much you've spent. Mm. It's one of those things. It's almost like calorie counting a little bit mm-hmm. where some people are like, well, I kind of know how much I eat. It was like, well, you actually don't know until you've done it. Yeah. You might be surprised. <laughs> you might be, you might be genuinely surprised. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I think I've spent a little bit on equipment this year. And then you're like, oh, my God, I've spent so much. <laughs> like, holy cow. Is there ever, like, a little bit of equipment? <laughs> I mean, actually, but I can kind of say, like, I can run a report saying how much I spent in the last five years and know, okay, well, 2015, I didn't really spend anything. Mm. And then 2018, I spent loads. Um, and you can you have that data there to kind of give you more informed decisions. So mm. you're not just doing it for the tax man. You're doing it for you. Yeah, that's true. And if you can make it automated, there's it's, it doesn't really take that much time. Mm. And it makes you a better business person because you know what you're doing. You can see and choose where you're putting your efforts, you're putting your time, your money. Yeah. For sure. So it's always worth doing bookkeeping anyway. Yeah. Let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say when you're when you're setting up when you're setting up your bookkeeping and when you're talking to your accountant. I mentioned this earlier. There's two types of bookkeeping. It's called cash basis and accrual basis. Those are 
two different types of things. So when you're setting up like your wave or your QuickBooks, it might say, it might make a suggestion whether or not you should be cash or accrual, or it might change the phrasing of it. So it makes a little bit more sense. So basically most small businesses, most self-employed people are what's called cash basis accounting. So basically, and it's kind of how you already think of your bank account. So you have 10,000 pounds come in, that's revenue. You have 9,000 pounds go out, that's expenditures. You have 1,000 pounds left. That's kind of how most of us think of a bank account. Accrual basis is how most big businesses do um, accounting. And it's basically saying, let's say you spend 10,000 pounds in camera gear. So in our heads, we're like, okay, that's now a 10,000 pound expense. That's gone out. But you have spent 10,000 pounds in camera gear, but now you own 10,000 pounds worth of camera gear. So that 10,000 pounds hasn't magically disappeared into nowhere. It now exists as something different. It's now an asset. It's a camera. And so you could sell that camera and still get most of that asset back. So even though the cash has disappeared, the asset still exists. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then you could say like, okay, well now I have, instead of saying I have my line item, 10,000 pounds cash has now moved down to 10,000 pounds of equipment. Okay. So your bank, your your accounts still kind of look the same. They're just, the lines have moved a little bit. Okay. So in cash basis, you have the expense of the equipment expense. And now that expense is gone. Whereas in accrual basis, that asset has now moved to a different item. The difference is it's then expensed on the years to come. So as the camera loses value, your equipment expense goes up. You have what's called a depreciation expense. And that's when you're cash or with accrual, sorry? So that with accrual basis, the expense then kind of goes several years down the line. So let's say you buy a computer you spent the cash, but now you have an equipment asset. Mm -hmm. And then for the next four or five years, that computer then depreciates in value. Mm -hmm. You see the expense come through the next few years. So it's a little bit more complicated of an accounting system. And it's not really right. If you're just starting from scratch, your chances are going to be you're going to be doing the cash accounting. Um, But you might see this when you're setting up your accounting system. It might ask you about cash or accrual basis. Um, if you're planning on being a big multi-million pound business, definitely start with accrual. Um, if you're planning on just being keeping it below that, being a sole trader, your best bet is to stay with the cash basis of accounting. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I didn't know all that actually, so I was just having a little listen and learn. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what am I? I think I must be cash. Though. You you, mu- you probably are cash. Um, but basically, a lot of times when you can go over the VAT threshold, um, over certain payment thresholds, uh, HMRC will require you to be accrual basis. Um, and it will affect how your business looks because all of a sudden you're, you're getting expenses in places that you didn't have expenses before. Mm-hmm. So cash basis is just saying, I had 10,000 pounds, I spent 10,000 pounds, that's now a 10,000 pound expense and it's gone. It's magically disappeared. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it hasn't magically disappeared because the camera now exists. Mm-hmm. That's a very expensive camera actually at 10,000 pounds. <laughs> I bought a phase one. I bought a I phase bought a- one. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, that sounds good. What other what tips have we got? Should we talk about savings? Yeah, for sure. We'd encourage people to get a separate bank account, whether or not mm-hmm. if you're self-employed and you can kind of have a separate personal account, or if you're limited, it needs to be a separate business account. Mm-hmm. But you can get a business account with, with either, really. I have, a, I have a business account, and I'm still a sole trader. I probably pay a little bit more for it, but it's just nice to have. Yeah. Makes me feel important. 
<laughs> it makes me feel like a real business person. <laughs> so another account that I definitely recommend having is a business savings account. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you, you might have your personal savings situation. But one thing that my accountant recommended to me, which I think is really crucial, and I've seen a lot of people who are posting on groups panicking when they've come in to pay their tax bill at the end of the year. It's obvious to me that they don't have this set up. Mm-hmm. You need to have um, a savings account where you move across a certain amount of your incomings instantly. This is the amount that you're not going to spend and you're going to save it for your end of your tax bill. Mm-hmm. And my accountants always told me to put across 16%, which I think is kind of just a really rough idea of the fact that like tax is X amount, but realistically I'm going to be expensing an amount. Mm-hmm. So it works out to be about 16. Yeah. And what I've actually found is over the years, I think there's a bit more than I need. So my, my like I have a surplus amount in there, but I've left it in there because it gets a tiny bit of interest, you know, right now, not, not much, but mm-hmm. I like the idea that I've got that rainy day money there for the business or for myself. Like I can draw it down as dividends if I need to. Yeah. So hundred percent, make sure you also have a separate savings account and uh, potentially keep that yeah keep that separate from your your personal savings account if possible i actually don't um because i kind of already track how much i need i mean i i have at some points in time but i i generally just kind of keep it in one account mostly because i already know how much that tax is going to be so i'm not like as worried about it like because i'm tracking how much i'm spending with my accounts i'm kind of aware that even though my checking account looks very my business checking account looks inflated in the middle of summer it's not actually inflated because that number has to last me the rest of the year. So yeah, it is very easy to be like, look at all the money I have in the middle of wedding season. And then you get to January and you're just like, ah, crap. <laughs> so I, I, I don't mostly just cause I just don't look at, the, I just don't do it. Um, but it hasn't, I haven't had the issue of running into like January being like, Oh, that tax bill was a massive surprise. So I just chose it. I chose not to do it cause it hasn't really been as much of an issue for me. Okay. So you know issues with self-control and anything like that. Like even if you know your tax amount, you don't struggle. No, because I it's, I kind of have that awareness of being like, I need to like, and it's so what I, one of the things I could do is like when I'm calculating my taxes, be like, all right, I definitely need this much amount of tax and put it into a separate account. Um, and then know that that's totally separate, but I haven't done that because I haven't really run into it as being as much of an issue. Being aware of how much you're spending can help as far as self-control goes, as far as being like, I have, you know, I'm, I'm on average spending this much a month in just general business expenses. Um, and you can kind of use that for budgeting. So for me, I've just found it a little bit more streamlined to keep it in one account. Um, but it hasn't, hasn't been as much of an issue for me, mostly just because of accounting. Oh, wow. Um, I feel like I'm making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just need, I need to do it, but I don't, but I haven't run into as much of an issue with it. If the interest rate was good right now, then I would say, yeah, definitely do it. You know, why are you throwing that money away? But um, it, uh, to be frank, it's not. I think I, I get like a couple of pounds every month. Mm, that's a coffee. I definitely think there's some, like, there's a little bit of psychology to being like, oh, everything's great. Look at all the money I have in my account. And oh yeah, we sometimes forget like, oh, I have that tax bill. Well, we're, we're so seasonal as well, especially our job. We're so seasonal. So, Yeah. I think this, because the previous years I was like buying a house and doing things like that. Like, I feel like this year is the first year where I, I had like an insane surplus. And I have to say, like, it is a nice yeah. feeling. Like it's worth, and, and I and I got there just because there was a particular business thing I had to say for, and I've not needed to spend yet, but I ended up, it just meant I, I've, I've never been this much in, in the black. The black is like when you're right in money, right? The red, but it's the red is, and yeah. the red is reverse. 
I've always kind of gone up and down a little bit and been a bit spendy. You know what it is? I think it's just also like mentally, it's a really nice thing to not have Mm -hmm. like that stress and stuff. So putting these simple practices in place, it's not just about, okay, I want, I need to pay my tax bill. And it's something that you just do because you have to do or whatever, which obviously you do have to do because you have to do, but it's a nicer way to live and run your business and just, just put in that organization to kind of not have that stress at the end of the year, you know, not have that panic posting. And It's good for mental health as well to like feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like as photographers, we get very gear oriented. We're just like, Oh, I have to have the new thing. I have to have this. Yeah. And it's especially just coming off a photography show where there was just so many things and toys for you to buy. Mm. And you do photography because you like it. And you kind of been like, well, I like these things. They're kind of fun. Like, I want to do this. And we're not necessarily – a lot of times we behave more like hobbyists than we do as professionals. Yeah. Sometimes our spending behavior being like, oh, I really want that fancy bag. That bag is really cool. Um, instead of just keeping whatever lame bag we already have, <laughs> if we're keeping track of our of our expenses and our bottom line, we realize like I really like that four hundred pound camera bag. But you know what? Also, I also like I would love to go shopping and spend four hundred pounds on me and a new pair of shoes and a new outfit. Like, and it's kind of like saying like, well, of course that camera bag is a business expense, but do I actually need it? Yeah. There's there's also because sometimes it's recommended that obviously like. You know, if you're expensing a lot, you're like keeping your taxes down and stuff like that. So I think sometimes people kind of, like you say, get very spendy mm-hmm. on the business. But also, you you know, I think you still need to be sensible about understanding um, that it's not just about sort of draining it. And yeah, in a normal business that that isn't, you know, in a different kind of industry, you would always be looking to kind of make a profit, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, so that you can reinvest that back into getting more business. So I do think there's some spends, like you say, the camera bag, maybe that's not something you need all the time. You don't always need a new lens. You don't always need a new camera. If, you know, your current one's doing the job just fine. But places where it is good to then, I guess, reinvest your money more heavily mm-hmm. is more maybe to do with things like advertising or marketing or things that th- things that are going to get you more work or things that are going to grow your brand. That's the kind of expense that I would say is worth worth your time. It is. Yeah, it's totally worth your time. And I, I have, I've happily spent money on advertising. Advertising works. Like there's this idea that like, or this idea that was floating around for a long time saying like, oh, advertising doesn't work. Well, it totally does because it's a massive industry and people have to find you somehow. <laughs> so referrals work, but advertising works too. Yeah. Yeah. It's an investment in your business. And if you track it and you know where you can be like, oh, wow, I've spent a lot of money on this one vendor listing last year and I haven't really gotten any work off of them. And you can kind of like, kind of track it and say like, okay, so let me put my advertising money somewhere else. Yeah. But I think like we sometimes don't behave like smart business people because we're like, I'm an artiste. I'm not a businessman. (laughs) It's important to know that you're both. You have to be both because Mm. unless you make money and make a profit, you're just a hobbyist. I've seen a lot of amazing photographers like kind of come out of the industry because they struggled with the business side of things and they struggled with the financial elements. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of made some poor financial choices or they, they were letting their kind of insecurity or kindness kind of sometimes you take they're giving too many discounts and then they weren't doing their Mm. adding up all the incomings and and realizing it wasn't viable you know (laughs) i feel like i want to make a joke here and i can't think of something funny to say about it but it's true (laughs) like most photographers don't fail because they're a terrible photographer Mm. people that i've known that have gone out of the industry it wasn't their work at all their work was good yeah um it was just mostly they just didn't behave like a business and one of the things businesses do is they track their finances, they track their expenses. It, and it sucks because you don't want to be a business, but that's what you are. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. What should, what should we talk about next? Now that we've talked about all the exciting things, we should, we should like have like a completely non bookkeeping related conversation at the end of this. Okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) We'll have to work out what, what it's going to be about, but you know, yeah, we could talk about skincare. That's true. We could talk about skincare. Because I do actually have some some stuff I want to go buy in a bit. So, <laughs> where are you going for skincare? Well, I want to see if they've got restocking of that new squalane cleanser, the ordinary cleanser thing. I was at the ordinary a few days ago, and they did have it at the one in Covent Garden. They did. Yeah, I should have bought it for you. I didn't. I didn't know you wanted it. Ah, oh, god damn it! Because they ran out of stock online, and it was a bit of a mad <laughs> rush. But anyway, yeah, oil cleansers, oil cleansers. That's how. That's the other important message from this podcast. <laughs> Whether you're a man or a woman. Cleanse with oil, people. It's the best. So what do you think we should talk about in the next podcast? I don't know, because I'm just like happy to just chat, but we can put it out into the world and see what people want us to talk about. Because I wouldn't have thought of talking about accounting, yeah. but somebody's just like, no, you should talk about accounting. So we can put it out into the world and see what people want us to talk about. Um, it may be the thing that we actually didn't think of to begin with. Okay. No, yeah, for sure. Because I think we, t- we, t- we, t- we both take financial things quite for granted. I think. Yeah. It's just because it's become a part of our routine. But anyone who's new and setting things up or whatever, it's going to be a big thing for them. So for sure. Okay. So world, tell us what you want us to talk about. And chances are we'll probably be looking for an idea and we'll talk about it. So yeah, have a lovely day. Thank you. I'm going to run out and get that cleanser. Which, which store was it? <laughs> well, so I went to the one in Covent Garden cause I walked past it. Um, and they did have it on the shelf. Okay. So I, sorry, I did not buy it for you. I didn't know. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. Cool. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.